Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Panic Room in an undisclosed location, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm... Oh, that's not good. There he goes. That's all you got from Tepper today. Well, let's see. Will he come back? It's a good question. Um, so obviously, we just started the show. Tepper's feed messed up, so give us just a minute here to see. And it looks like he is what? back. That's there you go. It. I did not touch a thing. I th- your internet paused, it seemed like, and then it just booted you out. Huh. Anyway, hi. Um, <laughs> from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Panic Room in an undisclosed location, this <laughs> Texas Football Today, a show on the internet, I guess now. Kind of. <laughs> my name is Greg Tucker. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, making us sound good today, is the Duchess of the Dorks, it's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. Howdy, Tep. Um, today is uh, Tuesday, May 12, 2020, 198 days till Thanksgiving, episode 957. 957 is the Ruben Sierra episode. Um, uh, so this is the 38th show we have done in captivity. 38. Man. Seems like a lot. Yeah. That's crazy. And we're going to do at least a handful more. For those who missed the announcement last week, uh, our goal is to be back in the studio on June 1 for the cover reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the situation will dictate that, but, you know. That's the hope, at that least. Is, that is currently the plan. So we'll have at least a few more. Um, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Nicholas Morton, Rob Hadaway, Andrew Christensen, and Phil Vaney. Welcome in, guys. Nicholas Morton. Mm-hmm. The new name. Um, okay. So... Uh, we got uh, uh, an interview with High School Esports League president um, and COO Jason Kirby coming up here in a moment. But we were talking about something in the pre-show. I want to carry mm-hmm. it over. Because what you're realizing is, because uh, we're in the throes of putting together the 2020 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Bowl. We go to press. I need to. I always need to make sure I clarify this very, like, 
clearly yes because <laughs> people will get very confused because mm -hmm. i know it but it's right i need to make sure I, it I needs to it be enunciated we send the magazine to press two weeks from friday mm -hmm. okay that does not mean the magazine will be done it has to go to the printer and the printer takes like two and a half weeks to print and then we're going to mail it from the printer to insiders textfootball.com slash insider Mm -hmm. uh, use promo code feed texas um and then it has to get from there if you're going to buy it in a in a, in a um in a store it has to go from there to the distributor and from the distributor to a truck and from a truck to a store so it's so, better to become an insider steps, the fact that we're finishing up the editorial side of it does not mean the magazine is going to be there for you to have mm -hmm. but we do send the magazine to press two weeks from Friday. Yep. Um, and what you're realizing, because you're doing mugshots, you're doing um, uh, photos, you're doing uh, copy editing, things like that. What you are realizing is that this magazine is a lot of tedium. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, and so last night I was laying out, I was finishing up the 1A previews, the 1A mm -hmm. preview pages. And so taking capsules, putting them onto the page, putting them from, uh, the, the, from our writers and our editors over onto the page. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go and make it fit into the space. Mm -hmm. um, that is just a lot of time. There's, right. no, there's no substitute for it. Mm -hmm. It's just a lot of sitting down and doing it. Right. And that's kind of what, what this magazine is in a lot of ways um, that yes, we have some great, obviously everything's written very beautifully, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, But from our end, as the people who are putting the pieces together, it's just a lot of doing the same thing over and over. For example, one of the things that I have to do today, and this is 100% true, is I have to go through the pages that I'm laying out, and I have to put the page numbers on them. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, like a thing and... that has to happen, and it's just going to take... 40 minutes right and that's the thing too is like yeah we've got basically all the creative side of it done really yeah. by april and then after that it's just oh, yeah. plugging and playing but no the thing that i honestly don't really mind about doing the mug shots and the photos is the fact that obviously i do so much of the video stuff here then it's like i can't listen to music and it takes very hard concentration and when it comes to writing too i don't usually listen to music when i'm writing either because i'm really trying to focus on what i'm putting down but my favorite thing about the pictures is i can crank up some music and just drag and drop and it yeah. makes it go by so much faster like i really don't mind doing the pictures because it's tedious but it is it's it's it's, it's, it's you get in a rhythm mm -hmm. you're you know not I mean? having to yeah, it's like think. you don't need to be you don't need to be in like like engaged in right. a, in in as as much as if you're like writing or being creative. Mm -hmm. uh, but you're right. Like we all of the things we have there are two things that are not pieces of copy that are not in. Two. Mm -hmm. One of them is the main feature uh mm -hmm. about Ashley Pickle. She's our cover girl this year. Mm -hmm. I guess I spoiled the surprise. <laughs> um uh the main feature Shahan owes me that. And mm -hmm. then the other one is Dave's letter from the editor. And I've yep. got to hound a 95-year-old man today. So, well, because he owes me. Tell him we said hello. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, but we're I'm in the point now where we're just 
you and that was the thing with the mug shots obviously i've never done this before so it's like the moment that i was able to pull up a spreadsheet and just realize what i was doing it's like you get in a groove and you get it done faster than yeah what once the first you figure out how to do it like. once mm -hmm. you just figure out how to do it once and then you're like i just have to repeat that 3500 times yeah so you know it's not too bad so, it things could be way worse yeah yeah exactly all right a little bit earlier, you had a great conversation with the uh, league president and COO of Jason Kirby. He's the high school esports league uh, president and COO. Um, esports is making a big push. Uh, obviously, with the pandemic, it's something that people can still compete in. I don't know if you've seen it on television with a variety of different sports, whether it's Madden, whether it's, um, you know, I know NASCAR is doing that or was doing that at least. Um, a lot going on there. Uh, and it's starting to make its presence felt in the high school space. A big part of that is the high school esports league. Uh, here is President and CEO Jason Kirby here on Texas Football today. Well, obviously, things a little bit different right now with COVID-19 and the cancellation of sports. But the man with the answer to that problem is here with us. It's uh, Jason Kirby, the president and COO of the High School Esports League. Jason, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. It's sunny outside. Wish I could be out there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, first off, um, I understand you're very familiar with how big Texas is and high school football specifically is in Texas communities, large and small throughout the state. Um, will you tell us about your connections to Texas? Yeah, I'm actually born in Texas um, from Houston originally. My whole family's up in uh, North Dallas in the Frisco and Allen area. Uh, so I'm there quite frequently. I've been to the uh, the championship, uh, you know, football games uh, when Allen would go and play because my family works at Allen. And so, yeah, pretty connected to, to Texas football and having played eight years of football and, you know, taken on around six to seven concussions and dislocated my shoulder countless times, uh, many broken bones. I, you know, know the commitment to, to high school football and uh, been through it myself. I can say, sounds like you got the, the best parts of high school football there. <laughs> but let's talk a little bit. So we mentioned the president and COO of the High School Esports League. Let's dive into that a little bit. Tell us about the High School Esports League and your reach into Texas with that. Yeah, happy to do so. So High School Esports League was founded back in 2012 uh, with the intent to, to give kids that, you know, don't always connect to traditional terrestrial sports or have the means to do so. Uh, whether that be their their physical body type or uh, gender or anything else, and you know, gaming is you know the most popular form of entertainment in today's generation, and you know with around was it I think eighty two percent or eighty five percent of all high school students play video games in one way, shape, or form, um, you know it's kind of poised to be a, a massive opportunity, specifically targeting kids that uh, would not participate in extracurricular activities otherwise. Uh, with about, uh, last time we ran a survey, 80% of our students uh, never participated in any extracurricular activity outside of their esports programs. Very interesting there. And obviously esports, I mean, the growth trajectory even before every other sport got shut down was booming. Um, can you tell us about how you've seen esports come into age over the last few months and especially for the folks like you said who were just unaware of the size and scope of this industry? Yeah, um, <clears throat> esports, you know, kind of 
technically dates back to the late 90s with, you know, consoles and PCs. But, uh, you know, it was taken the world by storm due to its accessibility, its popularity, and how anyone could participate without getting six concussions, <laughs> like myself. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's uh, people have started to, you know, as kids that grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s are now in leadership roles in companies and had experience playing video games and realize that it's not really the taboo that had been put on it all those years ago when they were kids. Are starting to see the value of video games from uh, you know intellectual communication, social uh, communication, uh, and overall engagement and interactivity, as well as just a general form of entertainment. Uh, it's becoming more and more popular, and as you know, generations that grew up on video games are coming to be you know familiar with games and understand how games are played. Just how you know, I played baseball and football. I still watch you know baseball and football on TV because I get it. I know the rules. I know how things work. I know what it takes to, to score and how to win and, and all those types of things. And I explained it to my wife, you know, who's, who's never played. Um, and we're starting to see, you know, uh, millennials and Gen Zers having that same experience. Like, oh, I used to play League of Legends or I used to play, you know, Rocket League or I, I know the concept of how they used to play because I play them personally. So I want to watch the pros play because it's a form of entertainment just as we currently watch, uh, you know, uh, regular sports. And so we're starting to see that, uh, you know, escalate very quickly because the reach is infinite, you know, because now you're looking at a global audience that gets the opportunity to play the game from anywhere in the world, uh, can also watch the game from anywhere in the world. And we're starting to see more and more of this you know, pop up and more big brands invest heavily, as you've seen some of the, you know, um, out at uh, Jerry's World, uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys investing into you know, complexity and other esports programs that's happening all over the country with uh, you know traditional uh, sports, whether it's be the NBA organizations or NFL organizations, are investing into esports because they realize that you know the younger generation may or may not be uh, on board with uh, terrestrial sports as much as uh, previous generations have, and so they're making big bets by buying Overwatch leagues, or sorry, Overwatch franchises. Uh, and other franchises and other leagues and teams because that's what uh, a lot of the younger generations are investing their time into. And Twitch, I think, I forgot the stat, but it was like 2 billion hours or something like that uh, in the first like two weeks of, you know, COVID-19 uh, lockdown were watched on Twitch alone and they have, you know, billions and billions of hours, uh, you know, content being consumed on Twitch. It's, you know, advertisers are start, starting to throw their money down into esports and uh, you know, gaming entertainment. Uh, so that's obviously shifting a lot of attention. You know, productions are getting higher, um, higher value and higher return to invest even to greater production value to be more engaging and more entertaining. Uh, so it's really interesting to kind of see that dynamic and, and how the, you know, the economy and people are responding to it and you know, investing into it. Absolutely. I know that we've been very much enjoying the MLB doing all the the shows, the MLB, the shows. That's been a lot of fun to watch. And specifically, though, what would you say which games are most popular with the high school students and the high school teams right now? So that's interesting about us. So, you know, high school esports league or HSCL for short, you know, since we were founded, we've always been about options and accessibility and giving kids the ability to engage and get involved. And so we offer right now, we have 13 different games that we offer to, to schools to, to decide which games are most appropriate for their students. Uh, as you can imagine, some schools uh, are very strict or hesitant around what games can be offered. So they limit mature games or shooter games. 
uh, in fear of you know parental backlash or you know for whatever reasons. Um, but what we realize is those games are tend to be significantly more rewarding for schools to invest into because the team dynamic required to be good at those games and the team communication and collaboration uh, that uh, you know comes from these very complicated, fast-paced games. Where if you're not communicating on the team, if you're not on the same page, just as you are on the football field or at other sports, you're going to lose. And um, so it's important for, for teams to strategize. Like kids are watching film uh, of their competitors, uh, you know, watching their competitors on Twitch, or you know, finding ways to work with their coaches to kind of go up on the whiteboard and you know draw up the map and say, if we go left, they go right. Here's how we approach this. So we're seeing a lot of that, uh, you know, communication and coaching. But for the game specifically, uh, like I said, we offer pretty much uh, all the top popular esports games. So Overwatch is very popular, Rainbow Six Siege, uh, Call of Duty, then for the you know, Fortnite's, the um, which I had uh, Super Smash Bros is really popular because it's very accessible. You can get like a two hundred dollar Switch, uh, which you know for schools that have lower budgets, uh, it's a great uh, kind of low level barrier to entry. Rocket League is very popular. We usually do 3v3 uh, for Rocket League. So if you're not familiar, it's uh, soccer with cars, essentially. Very easy for anyone to pick up on, but very difficult to be good at. <laughs> um, <clears throat> some of the games we're, we're going to be looking like we're going to be offering uh, some new games that are going to be released uh, soon, uh, coming in fall. Uh, check it, speak on to later. But uh, you know, we're always trying to stay on the edge of the latest and greatest games um, that, that are coming out. and. Uh, yeah, we offer, also offer Madden, FIFA, uh, NBA 2K, um, as those kind of are staples in our society of gaming uh, as their relation to traditional sports. Uh, it's interesting kind of watching behaviors over time as, you know, generate, you know kids get older, they tend to, to gravitate more towards the traditional gaming uh, games, uh, such as like a Rocket League or an Overwatch or those types of things, uh, and less so on, you know, Madden and, and FIFA. Um, so we, we continue to be able to offer all games and allow kids and schools to decide what's best for them. I can say I've played some Rocket League in my day and I'm not very good at it. I would not be the right person to pick on your team. But uh, eSports obviously is more than just about playing the games, correct? Like, can you tell us about the career opportunities outside of simply being a player? And that's one of the huge advantages and why schools are signing up left and right. I think we have around 225 schools in Texas uh, that have signed up to be on our platform, uh, you know, desire to compete either this previous tournament or upcoming tournaments. And, and a lot of um, the focus that, uh, you know, esports provides, uh, the educational elements as well as the career opportunities. One of my favorite stories is, <clears throat> you know, a kid that uh, out in uh, Long Island in one of our earliest schools that uh, joined when they had like six kids now they have over 250 uh, in their program. It's the largest activity on this campus. It's the most popular from a principal that went from saying no games at my school, no, no video games at my school ever to, you know, going on the record and saying it, it's his idea and it's the best thing ever. <laughs> um, to seeing that type of you know, progression where we have one kid at that school uh, who loved Overwatch, but wasn't very good. And he knew he wasn't good at it. And he wanted to find other ways to contribute to his, his community, his team, and his, his friends that he's built because he didn't have a community before this. This, this was his community. And uh, he found out that he's really good at the, the social media marketing side. 
So running and managing the streams, growing their uh, social following on their Facebook and Instagram, took it from like 25 followers on Instagram to like a thousand followers in his sophomore year, uh, continuing to build momentum. Uh, I follow them. And um, <clears throat> it's very fun to kind of to see these kids step up and take leadership roles and fill gaps. And I'm just talking about like you know, social media marketing. That's a very high demand you know, career that you know, I've paid my social media marketers and my past companies in excess of you know, 60 to $100,000 a year. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a good career opportunity. And then there's also um, you know, the video game development uh, opportunities that exist when it comes to game design, game theory, uh, programming. And since you're working in, uh, on a computer and you're working to optimize it, you're downloading plugins or mods to enhance the game experience, uh, you're inherently picking up skills that uh, make you better and more desirable for kind of those software engineering roles or software development roles. Uh, there's shoutcasting, uh, which is more commonly uh, you know, termed in, in esports. People, you know, reviewing gameplay, uh, you know, talking, working on their Twitch personalities and YouTube personalities. Uh, and we're starting to see many people, you know, fill those types of roles. And then there's the audiovisual uh, roles of, you know, being the one that sets up the, the computer, sets up the, the interconnectivity, uh, you know, opens up the ports and all the IT related uh, tasks to make sure that the school uh, can operate and uh, open the games because a lot of schools will block video game publisher um, IPs and ports for the reason that they don't want kids to play video games at school but now they do and um, you know so kids are you know learning how to take on those tasks and problem solve with the school and deal with the complications of dealing with the school firewalls um, so these kids are picking up these lessons learned and the best part is is colleges want them you know there was a 2018 there's 60 million dollars paid out in scholarships for esports players uh, and it's you know the year before that I think it was 10 uh, so there's a you know significant up uh, uptick in, in scholarship payouts and scholarship opportunities and colleges investing into their esports programs. Talked to many colleges that have invested six figures into their esports facilities to make them attractive places for uh, kids to come in and uh, you know get to you know mingle, compete, have fun, uh, throw events, uh, you know throw their own uh, land parties. Uh, so colleges are getting you know behind this because again they realize that this new wave of uh, people coming in, they relate to gaming. They relate to this experience and uh, they're making bets on it. And a lot of smaller schools are using this as a means to differentiate, uh, to attract talent into their programs and offering whether it be, you know, partial rides or full rides or, uh, you know, scholarships in general. And we alone, in our competitions, we do four tournaments uh, a year, uh, national, nationwide, and our na national champions, uh, get anywhere between $500 to $1,000 scholarships per tournament. Uh, so we have some kids cashing in mul you know, multiple thousands of dollars of scholarships by the time they graduate uh, to go off to college. I think we, in this academic year, we're gonna pay out close to 100 grand in, in scholarships or more. Uh, so you know, there's, there's immediate opportunity, whereas in traditional sports, it's hard to make those types of connections uh, and those types of opportunities. Um, and so that's why, you know, very attractive for, for schools to start onboarding esports. And then finally here, I mean, you talk so much about how much it has already grown already. When you're looking to the future, specifically at the high school level, what are you hoping to see in, the, in that bigger picture? My dream vision is um, where we see, you know, because right now we, we have to do national tournaments. And the reason why we do national is because, you know, we have thousands of schools across the country. Um, 
but so many schools, like there's only, you know, 200 or so in Texas and not all of them compete in each tournament and not all of them compete in all games. So to create a, a fun competitive environment where they're competing for thousands of dollars in scholarships, um, we have to make it nationwide to make sure that they always have competition or they're always having you know, people play. But our dream is that we move to more of a traditional uh, structure that a lot of high schools already have today where they know who they're, you know, they know their rivals down the street. Uh, you know, they, uh, you know, the same teams that they play in football, they'll get to play in Overwatch or, you know, Rocket League. And, you know, most schools have auditoriums and it'd be great to see the, you know, schools invest into uh, outfitting their auditoriums to produce, you know, live streams and be able to invite an audience uh, to come watch their teams play against uh, their, their, their opponents you know, root them on, cheer them on, just as they would, you know, pro uh, esports games or, you know, uh, pro or uh, high school, uh, you know, games themselves. We won't see, you know, $60 million stadiums being built like we do uh, for football. Um, but, you know, just being able to, to give these, these kids the opportunity to have that team spirit, that school pride, uh, to be, you know, known as the, the Overwatch player at the, on the campus, uh, can hold a lot of merit and hold a lot of uh, you know, value to both the schools, the parents, participants, and, and the players themselves. So that's that's what I love to see. I love to see a stage lit up, red versus blue, and you know the kids going at it with one of the sh you know, kids being the shoutcaster, and you know putting up on a big screen, and then that being twitched uh, or streamed on Twitch to any and all uh, parents or family that couldn't make the game. Uh, I think those that that's going to be a great future, and especially when it's a local rival that they know and get to you know kind of feel that rivalry as opposed to like, Hey, we got We want to win, which is great, which is how we have it now. But I, there's an extra value of that kind of known competitor element. Absolutely. Nothing better than a good rivalry. And just before I let you go here for anyone who's wanting to find out more information about the uh, high school esports league, what, what website or, or social media handles would they use? Yeah. Um, so there's high school esports league.com or hsel.org uh, for short. Uh, so that's where you can find out uh, the majority of the information about us. We're also going to be launching uh, middle schools uh, esports league uh, coming in this fall. And you can find out more at middleschoolesports.com. And, um, you know, we're potentially looking at, uh, you know, other options and other avenues to continue to expand, uh, speci specifically focusing on scholastic esports and uh, opening up a door to, to kids that, would otherwise not have the ability to, to participate in other terrestrial sports and finding their, their community and their sense of belonging in, in esports. Well, Jason, man, we can't thank you enough for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And man, the future's bright for y'all. Absolutely. No, I appreciate you having me. Thank you. There he is, Jason Kirby, the league president and CEO of High School Esports League. Um, appreciate him taking a little bit of time to chat with Pickle. The other day um and yeah so esports are popping right now they're trying to work their way into into high school and and, and uh I, I remember reading a couple of years ago about how um it was like somebody said like somebody wrote an article about like man like in a couple of years like you're gonna see like high school like high school esports teams mm -hmm. are gonna be like a real thing right. i remember thinking like yeah no okay yeah <laughs> see you soon uh right and now sure enough they were right I and it, I was wrong, which is par for the course. I thought it was really cool when he was talking about the career opportunities that are available out of this, like specifically with social media and marketing and all that mm -hmm. stuff. Like it makes perfect sense because that's where we're heading anyway. So you might as well throw this in there to it. So Absolutely. I thought that was pretty cool.
For sure. So we appreciate Coach or uh, Coach Jason Kirby uh, for catching up with us a little bit earlier. And now we go to Ashley Pickle from America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Other than backyard baseball, what are your favorite video games? Um, so I purchased a Nintendo 64 recently. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get back onto that. Of course, uh, you gotta love. Um, I'm a big Mario Kart guy. Mm-hmm. Mario Respect. Kart. Um, I do have a PS3. Mm-hmm. But I am, I will be honest, like, it has now gotten to the point where I feel like you have to be, that's what I'm looking for, you have to be, like, invested in, in time to be mm-hmm. really good at video games. You can't just yep. pick it up and go. Uh, I am extremely casual when it comes to video games. It's, like, when I have time. And so um, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, but, like, I know a lot of my friends who are, like, that's, that's, that's what their they do. Thing. That's their That's their thing. I... I, I I can't I can't sink that kind of time into getting actually good. Mm-hmm. So no, I think that's why yeah. my favorite video game of all time is the ATV, the off-road fury games for the PS2, because they take literal no like no skill if you play on like the free play mode, so you just get to drive around a four wheeler, and I think that that's pretty cool. I do like Madden. I'm not incredibly good at it, but I do enjoy Madden. Madden. Yeah. Yeah, and then I, used like, to be, I still have NCAA games. 14, and I'll dust that mm-hmm. bad boy off. Yeah, uh, because there's nothing there's nothing more fun than um, than taking a really terrible team, mm-hmm. like a really bad program, and trying to like I would always work as like army. Yep, and I would take army, which like is not good in that game because in 2014 they were really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I would take them. And then I would like open up the offense just a little bit. I'd still run like the um, uh, the triple option, the triple option. But like we would also throw out of it a fair amount, mm-hmm. and um, you know take them to a fiesta bowl here and there. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that's gonna do it for us. Thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/DaveCampbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/DaveCampbell's. And of course, see us at Texas football.com. Thanks again to Jason Kirby for being your guest for us. You pick a line, Greg Tupper, Vince Young. Please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow. Text football today.